listeners, I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning. This is Erica Salda, the queen of teen. Another beautiful Tuesday. We've got a huge show today. Right now in the house, we have Alex Ramirez, Dominique Hackett, and we are bringing on board here a very special person to me is somebody that I admire. I've always put up, um, always looked up to her. Um, I'm going to, we're going to lose her. We're going to lose probably one of the best eighth grade teachers in the County, Joni Galvin. We have Joni Galvin in the house today with Pilar Alvarez. And I'm going to let Dominique give you a little uh, profile of what we're doing here this morning. So Pilar, uh, eighth grade, St. Rayfields, participated in the Ellen Manning Scholarship Fund. And that scholarship fund was to write an essay about the values of St. Rayfields and things that you want to pass on to your uh, underclassmen. And Pilar, we want to let you know you won the scholarship. <laughs> yeah. We, now, you can choose to keep this and look really surprised. Let me see your shock surprise look. Okay, because you have it. There you go. All right. All right. We are going to keep that. This is going to, I'm going to put this on YouTube. All right. Um, we don't like so much like to stage something, but I really wanted to meet you because you made two of our board members cry when they read your essay. And that's never happened in 12 years. So I don't know if that you have the essay in front of you. If you don't, we could have Dominique. No, okay. We're gonna have Dominique read it because it's that good. Okay. Just make sure you'd be surprised. I know this is yours. It has your name on top. Of it. All right, go ahead. So I've been at St. Rayfield School for nine years. Over these nine years, I've learned many values from teachers, students, and parents. The very first value I learned was kindness. In the beginning, I struggled with being kind to my friends and other students in the class. I was in a rough place at that time, and I would often take out my anger on people who didn't deserve it. My kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Strickler, (laughs) saw my struggle and was, uh, was there to help me. She taught me a rule I will never forget. Treat others the way you want to be treated. She worked with me daily on my kindness and even gave me a chart to track my kindness. At that time, I was too young to realize all that she did for me. But now looking back, I will always appreciate her. The next important value I learned in was in fourth grade. As a student, I had a hard time keeping up with my grades. At times, I would find myself turning in things late or not completing an assignment my grades were mostly C's and D's and Mrs. McClinathan. My fourth grade teacher finally got me in gear. She gave me my own assignment book to help me with remembering what homework I needed to do. She would work with me on organizing my homework and turning it in. Because of the organizational skills she drilled into me by the end of the year, I was able to turn in all my homework and I ended up getting all A's. My Advice for the incoming eighth grade is that if you're struggling, always ask for help. The teachers at St. Rayfield Rayfield School will always be there for you. That's it. And, you know, I guarantee you that if you reached out to Joni, you were having a a rough spot. She'd be there for you because that's the kind of person she is. I love her. Both of my boys had her. I mean, it just killed me when she said that she's going to try and trek on something, a new journey in her life. And we know you're going to be. 
we know it's the right thing, of course, but I'm just spoiled, spoiled about <laughs> having you. And she's like, Erica, stop talking. I know, I'm not okay. going to. Because <laughs> I love you. I can't help it. Uh, we have a lot of great yes. success in your educational journey. Thank right. you so yeah. much. There you go. So we have a couple of little things. You are going to get the $500 for sure. Okay. We're working on drumming up a couple of other little things here for you as well. But most importantly, when you start school next year, um, one of the greatest things that you could put on your college resume is that you have broadcasting experience. And what we do, yeah, what we do here on Team Sports Radio, I take kids from all the different high schools and they do their sports recaps. And I could show you, give you samples or whatever, but it's really good for college resume. And if that's something that you're interested in, um, it's yours. Okay. All you got to do, Pilar, anytime you want, you let us know. And we'd love to uh, share the show with you. It's, it's good. It's good college resume. And I think I already, don't you love her? Yes. I already love her energy. <laughs> All right. So we'll go backwards a little bit. So you're sitting down. Okay. And uh, Mrs. Galvin says, okay, we're going to do this uh, essay. Uh, Tell me at the end of the day, like, what were you going through? What were you feeling? I mean, how'd you knock this out of the park? Because it was really well written. Um, well, at the beginning, I was really stressful about deciding what I should write about, what I should not write about, how long it will take me, what I should include in. And then I just thought of all the values of my teachers and what they taught me and how much they've helped me throughout these nine years that I've been here. And after, once I started typing the first sentence, it sort of just started flowing into effect. And nice. then I just got it all done. Beautiful. <laughs> Journaling over the summer would be really good for you because you are, are a really good writer. And I think you'd be a really good person down the road if you ever want to get into psychology or therapy or anything like this, because <laughs> anybody who owns their stuff at this age, I mean, you're a born therapist because you just have to be in that place of owning your own stuff this way. I mean, your reflection, right? It's so, called high emotional intelligence. Yes, definitely are an old soul. And I'm so proud of being able to meet you. Alex, do you have anything you want to add? We've got about a minute. Uh, maybe the best advice I can give you going into high school is, is hold on to those values. Continue to hold on to them. High school is going to test you. Friends are peer pressure. Hone in at your core center, those values that you hold deeply to you. Continue to remain kind. Continue to manage your time and always focus on school and get your schoolwork done. And if you have free time, then you can go hang out with your friends. But yeah, hold on to your values because uh, they're going to be important and they're going to carry you on through the rest of your life, college and into adulthood. So uh, congratulations. Great job, by the way. That was awesome. Very good. I wish I had that awareness when I was that young. I, and a teacher to help me at, at kindergarten is incredible uh, to, to have a teacher be on your side that early and pull you aside and, and really break down why you're acting the way you're acting. That, that's really that's amazing. So, that's yeah, well, this show is going to air on Tuesday. It's on AM and FM, and we're also on a Christian broadcasting network. Um, so, I will send the file over to Joni and she could uh, pass it on to you. And uh, we're really proud of you. And thank you so much for your time today. God bless you. Okie dokie. Bye, Joni. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks. I definitely. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Alex. You're Thank welcome. Thank you, Pilar. Bye. 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 We've got Angela Miller Bevan with the Brell Institute right after these messages. Oh, the
back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salter, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hi, this is Angela Miller-Bevan. I'm with the Braille Institute and part of Teen Sport Radio, and I'm so excited to be here. We have so many fun things going on at the Braille Institute. Summer is here. Kids, you guys are out of school. So some of you are probably going to be looking for volunteer opportunities because you need to get your volunteer hours in. Um, I am also involved with a lot of other different organizations. So if you're looking for volunteer hours, there's the Carriage Museum. There's Old Spanish Days. There's Kiwanis. There's the Unity Shop. And the list goes on and on and on. So please remember to get your volunteer hours in. Um, Here at Braille, we are just uh, doing our summer classes. Um, All of our classes and workshops are free. So some of those are remote and some of them are in person. One of my funnest classes that I think is going on right now that just, just started is ceramics. So there's a ceramics class here that's going on and um, lots of fun stuff. And then we have on um, June 20, 24th at the Braille Institute, we will be having an open house pancake breakfast from 10 to 12. So you can um, contact me at the Braille Institute if you want to come to the fun open house pancake breakfast. Kiwanis will be sponsoring that. And so that's one of the fun events that's going on here. Awesome. So can I ask you, if kids were to volunteer at the Braille Institute, first of all, how do they contact you? And then what can they expect to be doing for their volunteer hours? So across the board, um, you can contact me at 805-331-6161. And there's all different kinds of volunteer opportunities. And because I'm involved with so many different organizations, I can pretty much figure out something for you to do at any of the organizations that I just said. So Braille, we have everything from helping out, um, cleaning up things, doing uh, some paperwork, admin stuff. It just depends on what your likes are. So I like to figure out what somebody wants to do to volunteer. And then... um, Sorry, the alarm's going off. <laughs> I like to figure out what it's a fire drill. <laughs> <laughs> what somebody's interests are, and then that's where I go from there is talking to you about what your interests are, and then I like to figure out where we can place you. That's awesome. Fantastic. So give me get the phone number again, 805-331. Thank you so much, Angela. That is awesome. Okay, let's take another little break. We've got a big show today. We got Dr. Amy Salsman right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dr. Amy with stillquietplace.com and spotaspider.com. And I wanted to pick up on what Angela was saying about volunteering and summer and really looking at how you create your summer 
And I think summer ought to include some rest, which we were just joking about on break, some downtime, some playtime, some service that Angela was talking about, and something that gives you joy and structure. So, and these aren't necessarily separate categories. You could combine your joy and your structure by maybe offering, if you were a musician, offering music lessons to underserved kids or serving at a camp, which we were talking about on the break. Um, and maybe there's uh, something you want to learn or a quality that you want to develop over the summer. But I just encourage you to look at how you're creating your summer and including, again, rest, playtime, service, and joy and learning. I think that's great. I think that's so important that, that kids really think about that because one of the things you touched on was like plan, like planning something, you know, wrapping your head around a plan instead of just throwing yourself into summer, like taking some quality time to just plan out what you can do and what you can accomplish during that time off. And also to surround yourself, I think, wouldn't you say, surround yourself with other young people that have the same goals as you do and the same ideas and to try and stay out of trouble, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dominique. A quick question, Dr. Amy, in your practice, I'm just curious. What I'd like to do with my summer is um, I picked a large book that had a lot of pages in it that I couldn't necessarily read during the year, but I knew it was on a list of like college prep books. Um, I think I read uh, Anna Karenina during one summer. And um, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> but of course you did. <laughs> what I'm curious about is what are the studies in regards to um, kids that, you know, dive into these really incredible, long, complex stories, reading them, not listening to them as an audiobook, but actually reading them versus you know, sitting on the computer during the summer and just getting everything uh, passively by listening. Are, do you know of any studies of how does it affect your mental health and, and your ability in school and so forth? It's interesting. And I might have to look that up because it's not something that I've researched. And I, as you're talking, as someone who has dyslexia and someone who has a child with ADHD, um, I also understand that those kids may really need a rest and another way of expressing themselves. So I think there are lots of ways to have both engaged learning and engaged creativity that don't involve screens um, and that you, you know, develop sustained attention and utilize everyone's gifts. And so I would just encourage people to find to find what works for them, again, that uh, stimulates joy, learning, creativity, and service. Nice. And when a teen comes to you and they say, gosh, I'm not sure what, what brings me joy, how do you lead teens through exploring what makes them happy in, in that way? It's interesting because I think a lot of times the 
the the the not so healthy exploring does help ha happen on a screen you know we are scrolling through instagram or whatever and i think that kind of scrolling is not that productive but for an example i just saw a girl who's a junior who is an athlete who's starting to think about colleges and Honestly, she's looking at college as kind of having fun, but I encouraged her to just of the colleges that she's excited about, I encouraged her to simply look at the course list, right? And there's whole, there's whole sections that for me wouldn't be super stimulating. So like computer science, I can kind of cross out that whole thing, but I find that yummy. <laughs> right, but someone else is like they're going right. to be totally stoked about that. And so the thing is, even just looking, you know, at a course list or looking at online courses, maybe masterclass or something and just scrolling through and, you know, there may be nine that you don't like, but the 10th one, you're like, oh, yeah, I'd really love I'll just pick one for me right now. Like, I'd really love to surf. Right. And then at least your future scrolling has some direction. I mean, if you're on YouTube looking at how do you paddle out in choppy water or whatever, you're learning something. You're learning something about surfing. You may be learning something about waves. You may be learning something about protecting the ocean. Like it doesn't take much, like all you have to do is open the door and then there's a whole world there for you to explore. And it can be, you know, I want kids to have fun during the summer. Um, life can be stressful. So choose something fun. Don, do you want to add? Yeah, it's, it's Don. Don's massage, ohi.com. I think it's really important. Uh, I heard re about reading. I think reading is a really great thing when you're going to spend time by yourself downtime because uh, on the other side of that is pushing yourself to go out and I don't know how you feel about this, Dr. Amy, to, to kind of uh, encourage a young person to push outside where they're comfortable a little bit. And, and uh, in service or volunteering is an awesome way. Then you have to be able to uh, manage uh, all the input from different people and different kinds of ideas and opinions, as well as focus on some kind of a task. And then with my own kids, when they got overwhelmed, my girls, especially my two daughters have become readers. So sometimes they just, when they've had their fill of, of all that input, then they want some time where they can just read. And I'm really glad they stayed readers, even with the last 12 year introduction of all these screen distractions. Right. And it's interesting because I remember when I was um, when I was a kid, the local library would have a program and I was an avid despite my dyslexia, I was an avid reader and I loved to read and to be in another world. And it was peaceful and expansive at the same time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they would give you like a pencil for 10 books and, you know, over over summers, I often would read a hundred something books um, and the pencil didn't really matter, but it was just nice to have that that small nudge of encouragement. Yeah. 
as a mom, when I used to take them, this is so, you just told me, um, here at the um, local library, as a mom, what they did, they did the same thing in the summers. And I signed up both of my boys and you just get little stickers for the different countries that you learned about. And I was determined that my kids would just like own the world. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, of course, they didn't have to read this. They, neither one of them were big readers either. It's just like, they just wanted to get that sticker, you know, through them. Okay. So I wasn't a reader much. I want to make a plug too. Um, I did something with uh, my daughters. Um, I, I didn't do it so much with my sons, but with my daughters, we had a mother daughter book club. It was just organic that we started and we read uh, one book once a month. And then as the kids got older, we read one book uh, every two months. But the fun thing about that, you can either read it or listen to it or watch the movie, but getting together and having a cup of tea and sitting with the combination of uh, adults and kids and just conversing about something. Um, we, uh -huh. we focused on strong uh, female protag protagonists. Those are the books that, that we and, that and, we leaned and towards. And opposite political viewpoints. So that was cheated, <laughs> boy. I had to leave the room. <laughs> Over a book. Why are you arguing? It's pretty funny. But no, this is important. It's important to learn how to have discourse right. about ideas. But that was really fun. Don. Yeah, I, I uh, remember many happy moments in class when we had reading in class, when so sometimes you have a guest come in to read or things like that. Very, very nice. And, and I think it's important to be able to have dialogue, you know, to be able to establish bonds of trust starting as young as you can, because uh, there's a there's a poem a ritual to read uh, to read to each other by William Stafford. He talks about if I don't know the kind of person you are and you don't know the kind of person I am, then a pattern made by others may prevail in this world. And uh, I'm paraphrasing a little. That may not be exact. But yeah, it's like we have to learn to start reconciling, you know, uh, reconciling our differences and still working together towards common objectives. You know what I will fast. What I really liked about what what stopped all the heat between Dominique and her daughter, and I actually saw a transfer. And Dominique came up with a brilliant idea, and I don't know where you came up with it, but you did, and said, you know something, let's do this, let's switch sides. Well, I, I learned that in school, and when you debate, you have to be able to take either point of view, and it's really the skill of learning the skill of debate. And so what I suggested to my daughter is, let's switch sides and let's debate the opposite and it had a very calming yeah, effect mm -hmm. to take on the discipline of can i debate the other side but dr amy i had another question for you you mentioned joy and structure and this was something as a parent that i mm -hmm. didn't necessarily understand can you talk a little bit about uh the difference between um not providing structure especially for our teens and that doesn't mean that there isn't free play or free time or whatever, especially for our teens, they, they're individuating. But can you explain the importance of structure to parents? Let's do this. That's a, this is a big topic. So let's take a break. Okay. okay. We've got a lot of new, uh, new uh, wonderful messages that we all need to pay attention to see who our community leaders are. All of our commercials are donated. So let's check a few of them out. We'll be back after these messages.
this is the Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Eric Asalda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. This is Dr. Amy, and if you're just joining us, we're talking about creating your summer. And Dominique had just asked me about um, kind of the ideas of joy and structure. So what I want to say is I think we often think of joy and especially kids and teens and young adults think of joy as um, lack of boundaries, lack of structure. I can do whatever I want. You're not the boss of me. Don't tell me how I live my life. And really, um, all the way through as we're developing to become adults, and even I think as adults, we benefit from having some basic structure so that we have the container, the boundaries within which to explore and experiment and create our joy. But what we learn from kind of the research on parental attachment and neglect is that um, people who have no structure don't feel safe. They don't kind of know where their limits are. They don't feel held securely in a way where they can explore. They have a solid foundation to explore the world. And so it can be very destabilizing for people who don't have a lot of structure because they don't grow up with a secure sense of themselves. And uh, this is Dominique. I did not understand that as a parent. I really embraced the idea of the inner child and that um, sort of the Montessori approach that the individual would propel themselves in the direction of where they wanted to learn and what they needed was nurturing support. Um, but I didn't understand the necessity of structure. And it wasn't until I got a lot of counseling after my, my children were in their teens, did I understand that to develop your own sense of self, you need, like you were saying, you need that container. And now when I'm doing my studies of psychology and philosophy and religious studies and so forth and thinking about my teens, I'm realizing that the, the basic structure is that safety you're feeling safe because you know where the container is you know where the boundary is you have a parent where you ask a question and the parent is able to say no not that but maybe this and you can have that conversation but there is that no which quite frequently for teens that's where the boundary is it, mm. it shows up as a no can you say other ways um other than um being structured in what you do in your day that parents are giving that loving structure to their kids well, I think the other way is um, simply by also setting example for, by how we live. So um, partly it's saying no to our to ourselves in the same way we would say no to our kids about substances, about screens, about other kinds of indulgences. Um, and you know, I'm not anti-joy, but I think true joy comes from understanding what's really needed in the moment. And, you know, sometimes it sounds like chocolate cake or go, 
like I'm thinking about the story, the story in Newshawk about the senior prank gone wrong, right? Like that sounds like fun. It sounds like a great idea, but like maybe not. And so I think what we're what we're wanting to provide for our kids by our examples and by our the you know the principles that we uphold in our households is um at least for me my guidelines are always about what's healthy is this a healthy choice right and certain ways of blowing off steam are totally healthy and kids should be encouraged to do them so you know big bonfire at the beach yes big bonfire at the beach with lots of substances and people you know medically at risk thank you and no um so i think there's you know there is this balance and honestly i think it's it's not one thing it probably needs to be dynamic and um you know in mindfulness it's responding moment by moment so sometimes the structure's looser and sometimes it's tighter sometimes the joy is you know the focus on joy is less and the focus on structure is more and sometimes it's the reverse nice don yeah i remember a time my wife and i saw this one therapist and uh, he had said that one of his daughters was coming to their bedroom her, he and his wife's bedroom at night and and banging and crying and uh, he was advocating like don't open the door for him just let him cry it out and neither my wife or i uh thought that felt very, very good. So we we followed this magical child uh, formula of, you know, you meet their needs. We family bedded for a long time. It worked, it worked well. We, we, uh, so the, the principles are you keep to, uh, you, you pay lots of attention to their needs early on and it tends to foster and you're trying to encode all these positive messages we've been talking about. And ultimately it creates a more independent child but as a very wise mother of many once said to me uh children don't don't watch what's coming from your mouth here they watch your back and they look at what kind of example you're setting mm. yeah someone once said to me your children are sitting with popcorn watching a movie and the parents are the movie so that's really huge i really appreciate my kids celebrate that they got to play and um, we didn't have, I mean, yes, we had computers, but they did have a lot of free time to build a tree house, uh, learn to skateboard, uh, you know, do lots of different activities together. But they also had siblings that they were with. And they also got into some other things. But um, now that they're in their 30s, you know, their late 20s and, and 30s and so forth, they are all very, very well-rounded uh, human beings. They love each other and they love the world and they're rendering service to themselves in the world. So I just want to give encouragement to parents and to teens. Coming through teenage years, is it's bumpy. Dr. Amy. Well, I also wanted to reflect on the sweetness of your story, right? Because you um, you started with, I didn't realize kids need structure until I went to therapy. And then, right, you corrected course. And I think that's like 98% of parenting. And so, you know, I want to encourage parents to correct course without beating themselves up and to seek support when you're struggling um, or unsure, you know, talk to your neighbor, 
text or email a question to Teen Sports Radio. Um, we'll do our best to answer it. Uh, or, you know, talk to a therapist or, you know, just a wise elder in your community. But yeah, you can, you know, we all make mistakes as parents, as kids, and then we correct. Yeah. It's really, it's real, you owning, owning your, I've done this with my, my kids, uh, over this, over the last holidays when Joe just turned 30 and John turned 27 and I actually started giving them their baby books and photo albums because it's time, you know, that they have their own little memories of, and, and identities and everything. And when we go through the book, I mean, they would bring up something and I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'll own that. I blew that you know, on me on that, I, I'll take that. But I, at the, at the time when you get married at 21 and even though I had kids later, I mean, I always knew that I needed to have structures around me because I'm a structured minded person. So, and I just honestly felt that they were doing they had a lot more experience at parenting than me. I'm just going to copy them. Okay. So we did the whole Catholic thing, the pews, the sit down. I mean, just to check my kid out of class, you had to line up outside the door. Okay. You had to greet the teacher. The teacher had to release the child. The child had to put the chair you know, on top of the desk. I was in heaven. I was in absolute heaven. Okay. So we did that coming home, put your backpack away. I mean, they just hit, they just always had this, you make your bed in the morning. So yeah, but that worked for me. Okay. And, and every, everybody's way is, is the way that, you know, you're working through it. Like I said, well, it, in my family, we had a lot of dyslexia and ADHD. So we had the messy rooms. <laughs> it's all good. That's what my mom said. You're going to have to be making your bed for the rest of your life. So mom, every day I make my bed, I think of you. All right. Next up we have Richard and Alex. All right, boys, what do you got for us today? This is Richard Ellsworth with Mountain Sage Healing Arts and the Braille Institute. And um, today we're talking a little bit about summertime. And summertime is a really great season in, um, in traditional Chinese medicine. Summer is the season of, summer is split into two summers, actually, in Chinese medicine. Um, you have two summers, and one of them is represented by the stomach, and the other one is represented by the spleen. Um, so it's kind of about your immune system and how that relates to gut health. So your main, the majority of your immune system is located in the gut, taking care of your gut bacteria, eating healthy, lower on sugar, but also lower on histamine, right? The biggest challenge to most people's immune systems in the summer is allergies, right? You have a lot more things floating around. Your histamine levels go through the roof. Where does, where does your gut play into that? Well, as food moves through your gut, if you're eating really heavily dense foods, that food is moving through your gut more slowly and it's fermenting. When something ferments, your histamine levels go up. If you have too much histamine, I have a friend right now who has a, a huge histamine problem and she just throws up after she eats anything fermented. Um, so it's something to think about. Um, Athletically, if you can take care of bringing things through your gut a little bit faster, if you can increase your gut motility, it'll do a lot for your ability to play to play sports. And the biggest part of that is going to be hydration. Um, your gut is more 
I want to say modal, that's not a word, mobile. <laughs> your gut is more mobile. Things move through your gut more easily when you have more liquid. The more liquid you're consuming, the more flexibility you have in your tissues. So things move through your gut faster. So some of these things might be uh, romaine lettuce, celery. Think, think cucumbers, right? Think cooling foods, watermelon, cooling foods that are high in hydration. When your water cucumbers. comes from food, cucumbers, yeah. When the water is with your food, it's more absorbable, right? It's already coming with all of the natural electrolytes that your body needs um, for hydration, for your gut to work properly. Um, and this is hugely, hugely, hugely important for athletes and working out and building muscle. Um, what, what do you think, Alex? Hey guys, Fit for Life 805 here. Thank you so much, Erica, for having me on Teen Sports Radio. Yes, teen athletes, as far as being an athlete and the work that you need to put in in the summer, it's a lot of work of body, uh, body work. If you want to become a better athlete in your sport, you have to practice. Your practices should be harder than games. If you're not making your practices harder than your games, you are going to struggle in your games. That is the best advice I can give you. Whatever you struggle with in your sport, your position, whatever you're playing, you work on areas of weakness to make those your strengths. Same thing with gut health. If you, that's an area of weakness for you, you need to improve upon that because that will translate to your athletic performance. So there is a lot that goes into it, but definitely working on yourself and your craft over the summer and putting in those extra hours and making your practices really difficult so that when it's game time, you know what it's like. You know what it's like to go through that hardship because you've gone through it through practice and, and the games should feel easier than practice. And that's what a lot of athletes don't know. I wish I had that information when I was 16. I never thought of this. This is major. Make your practices harder than the game. It's, it's like studying for, for education, for college, you know, exams, your, your homework, your studying should be much more difficult than the exam that comes up because when it does come up, you know, you're prepared. Oh, I, I spent two hours on this math problem. And now I know, I know I worked out all the kinks. I worked out everything. Same thing with athletes, all these teen athletes, you have trouble shifting to your left. You need to work on your left lateral movement. You have trouble with pushing off one leg. You need to work on your lateral or your unilateral single leg exercises. So the, the things that str you struggle with, you need to make your strengths. So that's, I, that's I have a question, Richard, on the water. I mean, is it imperative that we look at the purification of the water, the alkaline water, drink out of a hose? What, what, what do you suggest? <laughs> well, I mean, nothing is necessarily imperative, but um, you really do want to think about the sources of your water. Um, has your water been sitting in plastic? Um, I, I really get concerned about these things. We just don't know enough about the effect of plastic on water yet. And, and to some extent we do, and it's not good. Um, but I think there's still a lot more to be discovered in that arena. Um, a lot of people will drink that reverse osmosis water. Well, guess what? That water has been sitting in a plastic tank for God knows how long. Um, one of the best things you can do is get an alkaline water pitcher. Um, and that will alkalinize your water, which will help to alkalinize your system. That water is a little bit more absorbable and it will help to lower inflammation in the body and work on clearing out and flushing your lymph nodes. Um, all of that is going to accelerate your performance on the field. And soccer moms, and I learned this when my kids were little, 
Um, I was informed at a friend that was a, a doctor and always saw I was always that soccer mom in my Lincoln Navigator that had all the cases of beverages in the back of my car. And I did not know driving around, you know, the back of the car could get up to upwards over 100 degrees. That is toxic 101 when you're talking about putting beverages back there. So don't do it. Uh, so I, I just tossed all those, literally threw all those stuff in the dumpster. They've been there probably, I don't know, a week, 10 days. And then I never put um, beverages in the car that, that lays it in the plastic. Um, that's just a big no-no. I didn't know that. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. How can teens reach you if they need someone to help coach them through the summer in order to be prepared for their sport in the fall? You reach out to me at Fit for Life 805. You just go online, Google Fit for Life 805. There's a website. I actually have, I'm the only one with that name. So it's, I'm easy to find Fit for Life 805. Just go online and find me. I'm there. Nice. All right. Same thing, Richard. How do we get hold of you? Um, I do almost everything through phones and you can reach me by phone call or text at 860-560-6899. Beautiful. Hey guys, thank you so much. Such a value to this show. Uh, looking forward to your spot next week. God bless. Let's take a little break. This is Erica Salda, the cleaning team. We'll be back with a lot more after these messages. Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center and uh, Hackett's Huga moment. So Huga or Huga, <laughs> it is a Danish word for that means cozy. It's all those wonderful things in our life that make us feel uh, comfortable, safe. And uh, you think candlelight, fireplace, being with good friends, laughing, that, that kind of sense. And the more that we bring in that coziness to our life, that comfortableness, it just makes life more enjoyable. It increases our ability to learn. And also when we're playing sports and so forth, we're enjoying the human connection of, of being a team. And so I just want to encourage over the summer months that huga quality of human connection. So as you're picking either your volunteer work that you're going to do, or maybe the great book you're going to read, or the wonderful movies that you're going to watch, pick stories that emphasize our human connection. Mm. My, my two cents on that, to add on to that, is stay away from drama. You know, you've gone through so much for the last two years. Most of the graduating seniors right now have been with the whole that we had the fire and the floods. It'd be nice just to disconnect, maybe go inside of yourself, 
like Dominique says, read a book, maybe pick up an instrument. Takes you could do everything on YouTube today. Learn learn to sing, learn to uh, sew, learn, learn to, to knit. Sew, knit. <laughs> pick up something that you don't know how to do. Don. My piggyback on human connection is in the course of engaging with other people, look for a chance to sincerely compliment something. If they said something that was that had a flair, if they something they're wearing, the way they do things. You have no idea sometimes what that'll do for a person. All these little ripples that we put out into society and they will come back as better things and better angels than we're sometimes experiencing now. So those things, and you know, like I say, do it from sincerity. Nice. Dr. Amy. Um, I think maybe it's time for some gratitude. What do you think? Sure. Okay, so I am grateful to Christine Marie from A View from the Deck for a lovely reading this past Sunday. Beautiful. <laughs> Richard Ellsworth just jumped in. You have some gratitude. We got a minute left before we go home. Oh, so, so much gratitude. I mean, what an amazing party for Dominique's mom this weekend. So many great people and such generosity coming from the person who should have really been receiving the generosity. But it was such great energy flowing all around on so many levels. And I'm just beyond grateful for the whole experience. Yeah. Thank you, Richard, for your beautiful music. Yeah. Thanks Absolutely. for that participating. Let's follow up with Don suggested. Let's go out today. Make somebody happy today. You could always do that by throwing out a little uh, olive branch, a little love, little love tap today. This is Erica Salda. Uh, we're excited that you've all joined us today. We'll see you next week. For the best, for the best.